0: Aside from getting us from point A to point B and beyond, automobiles are built into the very fabric of our society. They are a necessary evil. Therefore, we have a love-hate relationship with these vital vehicles. Rev your engines as we have a look under the hood and discover the captivating cult of cars on this week's episode of FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English, you got it. You got it. Hello, hello, hello everybody, and let's start out with an expression that I use very often on my radio show the show with no name, and that's let's get this show on the road. Pongámonos en marcha, I think would be the translation in Spanish. So let's get this show on the road. If you haven't figured it out yet, we're going to be talking about cars today, or vehicles. Esa siempre es difícil a la hora de pronunciar. Vehicles. Yeah, la H es muda. I think it's a lot easier to say cars or automobiles. Hey, I just realized there are a lot of different ways to say this. In the United States, we even say whips. So your car is your whip. Yeah, latico. It's a weird one. But hey, that's because we have a relationship. We love it. We hate it. Well, we love it when everything's going well. But when we break down, tenemos una avería, and it's in the mechanics, well, then we don't love our car so much. Yeah, that's the way it works. That's why I said we have a love-hate relationship with it in the intro. And speaking of the intro, let's take a look at our intro. You heard some sounds of traffic. We all love that sound, right? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Who likes the sound of traffic? I like the sound of the beach, birds chirping, water trickling, but... Uh, traffic, no thanks. So I started off by saying, aside from getting us from point A to point B. So aparte de uh, hacernos llegar de punto A a punto B and beyond y más allá, automobiles are built into, and they're built into, some parte, son eh, esencial, they're built into the very fabric of our society. And we say that, the fabric, la tela de la sociedad. Then I said, they are a necessary evil. Yeah, a necessary evil is something that we need, but we aren't too fond of. And to be fond of something means that you like it. It's like your phone. You know, you love it, you need it, but sometimes you're, it's nice to be without it. Then I said, therefore, y por eso, we have a love-hate relationship with these vital vehicles. And vital, I think you know the word, but we pronounce it vital, vital vehicles. Remember, Americans often pronounce that T like a D, vital vehicles. And then you heard the sound of an engine purring, to purr, ronronear, yeah, you can say revving, como de revoluciones, or purring, like a cat, and if you didn't know that vocabulary, it means you didn't listen to our cat episode, then I said, rev your engines, calentan esos motores, because we're going to have a look under the hood, el Capo, And later on, we'll see how British and American people don't agree on anything, especially when it comes to cars. So then I said, discover the captivating cult. And a cult is like a religion of cars. And when I told my wife today, I said, I'm going to go record cars. And she looked at me like, the movie? And I'm like, no, no, the podcast. <laughs> So, that's something worth mentioning. Cars are so popular that we even have them ingrained in our pop culture. In our movies, uh, Grease, which was another episode, Grease Lightning. I mean, that's a song that's about his car. A love song to his car. And we're going to look at that in the bonus part of today's show. We'll look at some cool driving songs. We're also going to look at some fun facts And, of course, we're going to discover some things that I didn't know either. Remember, I have to learn something in each episode as well. And we're going to learn about that new car smell. Yeah, ese olor de coche nuevo. Plus, we'll look at some car idioms and... I think vocabulary, it's, that's worth knowing. Que vale la pena saberlo. And we'll look at the future of cars. But all that is in the bonus part of today's episode. And we've got a lot of stuff to do in the first part of the episode. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, how can I get access to the bonus episodes? Well, you can be very, very patient, extremely patient, because sometimes I release them a year later, just depending. Or you can join our curious community on Patreon. There are over a hundred of us. Somos más de 100. Learning, laughing, and having fun together. Remember, if you want more information it's on patreon.com slash alberto alonso and you can get bonus audio you can get classes with me you can get pdf documents with all the important vocabulary in each episode so my question is what are you waiting for? You get so much for so little. And there's something for every budget. Para todos los presupuestos. Check it out. It's patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. It's what makes this podcast possible so i want to send a shout out to all my patrons especially my super duper students mara javier roberto david jose maria mila Alex, Patricio, and Edgar. And don't forget about my interstellar students, Isabel, Paco, Diego, Carmen, and Diana. If you guys want more information, head on over to patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. So, we're going to look at a lot of stuff in the bonus part, but that's a little bit further down the road. <laughs> See, I just use an idiomatic expression further or farther down the road. Más adelante. And what's the difference between further? and farther. Well, usually farther is with distance, physical distance, and further is more in the figurative sense. And since I meant it in the figurative sense, I used further. But as we'll see later, we have tons of idiomatic expressions that have to do with cars and the road so let's get the show on the road what is a car i'm going to read it right off of wikipedia because you have to trust wikipedia right (laughs) i'm just kidding but i think it's a pretty simple definition that we can all understand so i'm going to read it word for word a car or automobile is a wheeled motor vehicle used for transportation Most definitions of cars say that they run primarily on roads, to run, operar or dirigir on roads. They seat anywhere from one to eight people. They have four wheels and mainly transport people rather than goods. Bienes, productos, I think you would say in Spanish. And the word car, I didn't know this, comes from the Latin word carrus, which was a two-wheeled wagon. Okay, I get it, but... I've never seen a car with two wheels. Well, I guess some traditions, some expressions are based on tradition. And if you think about it, much of uh, the inventions that we've looked at here on the show are improvements of other inventions, in this case, the two-wheeled wagon, or they needed so many other things to fall into place eat in so many other developments and breakthroughs had to happen. To get an automobile, right? We can't put the cart before the horse. <laughs> okay, bad joke, but it's a great expression. Vendé la piel del oso. We can't put the cart before the horse, but the wheel, for example, which is obviously an essential part of any automobile or well motorcycle or any motorized vehicle. Well, wheels were invented around three thousand five hundred B.C. in Mesopotamia. And nobody knows how they were invented exactly, but initially they were not used for transportation. They used them to help them make things easier around the farm. But then, 300 years after the invention, somebody said, hey, hey, wait, why don't we use these things to get around, desplazarnos? So it took 300 years just to make that little but crucial decision. Before we get into some of the firsts and some of the history, let's take a look at some of the pros and cons of owning a car, and you know, some people own, some people lease, I should say of having a car. Well, costs, let's start with the cons, why not? We'll start with the negative, we'll get it out of the way. Lo quitamos de medio. There are evidently a lot of costs associated with having an automobile. Okay, not just the cost of purchasing it, but remember, there are taxes, so uh, on a purchase like that, the taxes can be ten dollars or $20,000 just in taxes. Now, I've never purchased a car in that price range, but believe me, as we'll see later, there are cars for every price range. Then you got to think about gasoline, which that price is never going down, repairs, maintenance, uh, driving time, sure, time that you're driving, you can't do something else, parking fees, which you don't think that's important. But if you go to New York City, uh, parking costs an arm and a leg, un ojo de la cara. And I found a statistic that says that 95% of a car's lifetime is spent parked Oh, my God. So we're spending all this money on this thing that's parked most of the time. That's pretty crazy. Oh, and speaking of parking, let's be really careful here. Because I've heard my students say, like you say in Spanish, esto es un parking. This is a parking, right? But no, in English we say parking as a verb. I'm parking the car. I'll be there in a minute. Now, where you're parking it can be either a parking lot, que está abierto, a parking garage, que está encerrado. Now, if you're British, you say garage. No lo pronunciamos igual. And then you have a parking spot or a parking space on the street. But we don't just call it. A parking so that's a huge cost as well even if you need a garage or you have to pay for parking you've got insurance don't forget about insurance you want to be insured at least the minimum that you need which is called liability insurance and then don't forget the societal costs of course our taxes as taxpayers como contribuyentes well we pay to maintain those roads uh, to purchase that that land comprar la tierra uh, and we also suffer as we know from the air pollution uh, a lot of a lot of uh, negative sides regarding what cars produce and what they produce i mean as far as their exhaust but we know that that's changing now and we know that the car industry is being flipped upside down but we'll talk a little bit more about that down the road (laughs) bueno para el final de este episodio seguro que vas a saber más adelante down the road So it can't be all bad, there must be some pros, some advantages to owning a car. Well, think about this, the first thing I thought about when I was a teenager, freedom. That's right, I had the freedom of mobility to leave my house, meet up with my friends, and it was the first thing that gave me my independence. But it's interesting because it also taught me a lesson. It taught me that with great responsibility comes great, no, with great privilege, that's the one, (laughs) with great privilege comes great responsibility. And I remember, it was costly. I was a 17-year-old kid. I just got my driver's license. Uh, The British say driving license. As I said, later on, we'll look at some more differences. But as you can see, there are many of them. So yeah, you can move about freely. And that's great if you're going on vacation. It's great if you need to work, if you need to pick something up at the store. So there are many benefits. And of course, people can move around. You don't have to live and work in the same town. We can commute back and forth and we know that because we have all been in commuter hour traffic commuter hour or rush hour is hora punta and we know it, re- it generates a lot of revenue in taxes right gasoline so the same way it's a, it's an expenditure It also brings in money. If people can travel, they go to hotels. They go to motels, which comes from motor hotels. So there's a whole industry built around the automobile. It's not just highways or toll roads. Toll roads are autovías de peaje. y me recuerda a la expresión to take its toll, que en español es pasar factura. This love has taken its toll on me, she said goodbye, as you know i love to teach you english using music all right but let's move on we need to move on down the road to take a look at some history some firsts and we're going to find out in the bonus part that da vinci was responsible for the first car that's right he designed the first car Now, that's the key word there, designed, and we'll look at that in the bonus part. But usually, when we talk about the first automobile, the first gas engine automobile, we talk about a guy, a guy named Carl Benz, who got the patent, los británicos dicen patent, como no, for a, and I quote, cito, vehicle powered by a gas engine, and that was on January 29th, 1886 and that is regarded as the birth year of the car when this Benz by carl benz makes sense was born and it was called the patent motor wagon that was the name of it now it's top speed hold on to your hats folks 16 kilometers per hour oh no buckle up poner esos cinturones And when I say the word Mercedes, or, bueno, lo pronuncio a la española, Mercedes, what do you think of? Benz, right? You, I say Mercedes, you say Benz. Well, they were competitors at first, until 1920, when they merged and they became one company that we know today as Mercedes Benz. Now, we know why it's called Benz. I mean, we just said his name, the inventor, Carl Benz. But why is it Mercedes? Well, the original company had uh, a customer, and that customer's daughter's name was Mercedes Jelinek. And, well, the owner decided, I like that name. I like the sound of it. O como decimos, it has a nice ring to it. And he goes, okay, it's Mercedes. So then when Mercedes merged with Benz, we got the world-famous car brand that we know and love today. Another first in the automobile world was the Model T. Now, in the United States, I remember thinking, oh, Henry Ford invented the car. No, 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 no. But what he decided, and one of his goals in life, was to make a car, a vehicle that was affordable to everyone. He wanted to make it uh, available worldwide to every mother, father, anybody would have the freedom if they had an automobile. And they were starting to become widely available in the early 20th century. But one of the first ones available to the masses, available and accessible to the masses, was the 1908. Model T. Again, Henry Ford's Model T. And this was a low-cost car before the word low-cost was trendy. (laughs) And the car cost around $850 in 1908 money. Well, in 1925, the car ended up costing $260. Now, did you write that down? Do it because you're going to see something strange here. So, In 1908, the car cost $150. We're talking about the Model T. And in 1925, it cost $260, a fraction of what it initially cost. Now, when have you seen prices go down? Well, if you can make more cars in a shorter amount of time, you can sell them for cheaper, right? And that was the whole idea behind the assembly line. And what's great about it is the people, the consumers saw that savings. Now, if a company does that, they save a lot of money. You won't see the savings. The car, the price of the car, I should say, won't go down. Right, so this is incredible. It didn't only go down, but in almost twenty-year period, it became a quarter of the price, and it's fascinating when you think about those figures. You know, so from 1909 to 1927, Henry Ford, or I should say his company, built more than fifteen million cars. Now, initially, the Model T, the one we're talking about, took twelve hours to assemble or to put together. Now, with the help of this assembly line technique, I think you say cadena de montaje, the amount of time was cut down, are you ready? To eight minutes. So from 12 hours down to eight minutes to produce a car. And in 1927, (laughs) this is incredible. In the last years of production, they were able to produce a Ford Model T in just 24 seconds. Talk about innovation. And obviously this led to a huge boom in the United States. And it wasn't until post-World War II, until after World War II, where Europe saw that boom where the car wasn't just a luxury item, but an item that anybody could have. All they needed was to save some money and you could get a car. It wasn't just for wealthy people anymore next up i'd like to take a look at the different kinds of cars now i know very little about cars if you haven't figured that out yet i know more about planes than cars but again my job here is to research and to find some interesting information and pull out all that vocabulary as we say pluck como cuando sacas uh, una de las cejas you pull out one of your eyebrow hairs you pluck it out so i always try and pluck key vocabulary out of each topic as well it forces me to know my stuff tener un poco de conocimiento and again my apologies if i'm wrong here i looked up A lot of this stuff. What it said here, this figure that I have is impressive. 400 different models are available. That's right, 400 different models. Now, that's not types, that's models, no? Que tienen otro nombre. But different types of cars. Well, first, let's break it down between stick in the United States. We love automatic. And here in Europe, you guys use stick, as we say it. Stick, because we call it the gear stick. And that's where you shift. Cambiar de marcha is to shift. And you have to step on the clutch. El embrague. And these are words we don't need to know in English. (laughs) And I know the battle. The battle between, should it be automatic or should it be stick? And you know what? I've got to say... I prefer automatic. Why? I don't need to think about more things. If I drive stick or a manual transmission, manual transmission is con marchas, I have to think too much. And I'd rather just pay attention to the road. Como decimos en inglés, keep your eyes on the road. And you'll never talk me out of it. I'll always be an automatic guy. And then you've got the electric Versus gasoline versus diesel. Well, firstly, in the United States, diesel is used for trucks, camiones. And gasoline, we have unleaded, unleaded is sin plomo. But again, the trend is moving towards electric cars. And we'll see how long it takes to make that shift. <laughs> Pun intended. El juego de palabras intencionado. So you're all familiar with the SUV, the sport utility vehicle. You call it a cuatro por cuatro. For us, four by four is a kind of transmission. So you can get four by four on a quad. So that's why we call the vehicle that you drive, you know, the family vehicle, an SUV. My favorite though, they're definitely muscle cars. Muscle cars are these cars from the 70s and 80s, these sports cars from the 70s and 80s, that were muscular (laughs) Not to be confused with a sports car. Any sports car is a fast, flashy car. But the muscle cars are like, those are the, the Mustangs, those old school Corvettes, you know the ones I'm talking about. Then we've got the sedan, which has four doors, and a traditional trunk remember the british say trunk para maletero and uh, excuse me americans say trunk they say boot a coupe has historically been considered a two-door car with a trunk and a solid roof that's called a coupe a station wagon it's an interesting one it's elongated i remember when i was a kid they were very popular You've got a hatchback, which is interesting because this is a trunk, but not really. It's more like a storage space, and those are very popular now. Convertible, that depends on where you live. A convertible es un descapotable. A van, I've always thought vans are (laughs) like kidnapper. (laughs) Sorry if you own a van, but I always think of kidnappers, secuestradores. Uh, minivans i think of families see there's a big difference between a van and a minivan (laughs) just the perception and if you live in the united states i highly recommend you pick up a pickup (laughs) yeah i think i'm really funny today sorry uh to pick up is cojed, and a pickup truck these traditional american trucks that we love so much now let's take a look at some parts of the car An average car has 30,000 parts, and I know three of them. (laughs) I love it, too, because if I take a car to a mechanic, they could make it up. Se podrían decir, you've got a problem with your doppelganger. And I'll be like, oh, no, my doppelganger? Now, la palabra doppelganger es tu gemelo, alguien que te parece muchísimo. But he could say that that's part of the car, and I would just agree. Let's take a look at the the parts that I think everybody should know. And I think the ones I wanted to highlight are ones where there are discrepancies between British English and American English, such as the license plate. They call it the number plate. We call it the windshield. they call it the wind screen. The wipers. well, when it rains, you should put on or turn on your windshield wipers. They will wipe the windshield. you've got your rear view mirror. I forget what they call it in british english. I'll put it in the notes, but rear view mirror, the bonnet. Or the hood, as we said before, el capó, the bonnet in UK, the hood in the USA. The indicator in England, the blinker if you're in the United States. And the bumper, I believe, is the same, parachoques, which is interesting because coches de choque se llaman bumper cars. Then you've got your headlights, your headlights, you've got in your headlights your low beams, and your high beams. And if you put on your high beams, you could blind other drivers. Another one that we don't agree on is aerial and antenna. The British call it an aerial, and we call it An antenna the steering wheel i believe is the same the steering wheel is eh, la rueda no you don't call it la la, la rueda you call it the uh, el volante (laughs) the steering wheel that was a literal translation then you've got the dashboard if i'm not mistaken salpicadero you've got the glove box and remember uh, this is about it i don't know too many more parts the horn right? The horn is la bocina, the brakes, which would be los frenos. Very, very important. And speaking of the brakes, I think we need to hit the brakes right now because we are running out of time and we've got to save some stuff for the bonus episode. But I'll leave you with this interesting fact. In the year 2020, almost 78 million motor vehicles were produced worldwide. Yeah, 78 million. There are more cars than people in the city of Los Angeles. And we can see that because there's smog. Smog is smoke and fog. It's this pollution that hangs over Los Angeles. And I hate to say it, but I've seen that same cloud of smog over Madrid. So I don't know very much about the future. I do know that we have to think long term. We have to think about the generations to come and not just our politicians because a lot of times we think, well, maybe we're doing it wrong. Well, we're not making the decisions. It's the governments and politicians and big business that they have this vested interest and it's not in the people always. So I think it's up to us to think about how, all of our actions, not just driving, can be more sustainable. And the only way to do that is to grab the wheel. Coge el volante. Don't just sit in the passenger seat como pasajero. And uh, you know what? As I said, we have to put the pedal to the metal. Tenemos que acabar because it's time to start our bonus part of today's FYI.